Welcome to Earthscaper Podcast. I'm Kevin. And I'm Nanette. This is a podcast about our traveling adventures. Reviews on movies and food. And and music. music. Welcome to episode five. Well, today is the continuation of our Ireland trip. We're about three days in, I suppose. So we started off our morning with good day to ya. Good morning to ya. I thought that was hilarious. Every time we would walk in, we'd say, good morning to ya. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Everybody, they'd just say good morning to you like it was nothing. I felt like we were kind of fitting in. Anyway, mm-hmm. I thought it was funny. I'm strange like that. This day that we woke up, uh, cloudy... The high was to be 61. Like I said, it never gets really above 75. The low that day was 48. And this day there was going to be a 0% chance of rain, which there, it rains just about every day. I wouldn't say like a Florida type of thing. It's not like that where it comes down in sheets for five minutes and then it's done, but it'll come down lightly or a little bit heavier sometimes it's all day i loved it i love rainy weather i think that's great we stayed at if you listen to our previous podcast we stayed at manix campground we got some sleep and we got there like i believe i said it was like 1 30 and we were hungry and tired and we ate something and by the time we got to bed it was like 2 30. our plan was we were to get up at 8 45 or so get our showers and head straight out because we were headed to a small fishing town village called dingle yes dingle d-i-n-g-l-e no laughing On the way to Dingle, we saw a beach where the water was absolutely beautiful. And that was called Inch Beach. Inch, like I-N-C-H. And at Inch Beach, there was an ice cream stand called Sammy's. And there was also a gift shop and a little restaurant. We had already had breakfast. And so we decided to get ice cream. I put a note that Kevin, what Kevin actually said about the ice cream. Do you remember what it was? I thought it was kind of thick. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a cheesecake kind of taste to it. Yes. So you said, it is a cross of American ice cream and texture of cheesecake. It is exquisite. (laughs) And he was right. It was so good. They also were having, um, oh, no, that's not the place. Here I go again. I was thinking that was the place that had some surfing stuff, but they weren't doing that. That was somewhere else. Okay, scratch that. The water was very pretty. Slight waves, nothing big coming in. I remember it was really, really windy, so it was hard to be on the beach that day because the sand, the wind was just blowing kind of hard that day although it was sunny hung out there for a while and then uh, decided to head on our way to dingle like i said it's a cute little fishing village it has quaint little shops gift shops clothing shops leather shops coffee 
all those kind of little shops that you love to just look at. It sits, all the shops sit along a really narrow streets or they sit along narrow streets. All the sidewalks are stoned. Um, but I loved it. It was one of my favorite towns. So we window shopped, walked along the streets, and then we came across a cute little place. Again, I'm probably going to screw up the name, but it was called uh, Couponte Cafe. Cupon, that's it. That's how you say it, right? Mm-hmm. Couponte Cafe. So it's kind of like a cup of tea. We ended up sitting outside in the sun watching the passerbys. We had espresso. Enjoyed the weather because it was beautiful. That's about all we did in that town. Jumped back in the car. And then we went to a place called Sleahead. Now, Sleahead has a drive. It's a part of Dingle. It's right beside it. But they have this drive that you can stop and see different things along this drive. So they have a map and you do the route. And as you go along the route, there's different places to stop and, you know, see these things because there's all different things. Now we did do a little bit of it. We did not do the entire thing because if you do the entire drive, it says it takes you about half the day. Well, we had things that we wanted to do and go see and in order for us to get there and make our time, we were not going to be able to do that. But some of the things we did see is we found another beach. We don't know the name of the beach, but that water was so turquoise colored blue green and the sand was that absolute beige color. It oh to die for And then there was the statue of Jesus. And I forget what was with Jesus. Was it Mary or was it Kingsman? I can't remember. No, I think it might have been his mate, uh, Mary. Mary. And it was, I don't know what it was made out of, but it was white. It was pure white. Like it was Jesus on the cross and then with Mary and it was all white. But I don't know if it was painted white. It was across the street, but it's just neat to be driving along this little narrow road. And all of a sudden you see this majestic white cross with Jesus on it. And like I said, everything was painted white. It wasn't just the cross, everything. It, It was just spectacular. The views and the scenery along the way, they have tons of places to pull over for the scenery and to take pictures. We did about... Oh, uh, 15 miles, maybe. Breathtaking. Absolutely breathtaking. The next stop was going to be to another campground called Traylee at Woodlands. That would be our next stop. And let me let me pull up some other notes here. There, so we stopped at Traylee. Uh, I don't remember Traley at Woodlands. I don't remember there being anything major about Traley. Nothing to write home about. So stay the night, you know, do the same routine, staying at the campground. So the next day, woke up. It was 50 degrees and it was very, very cloudy. That's not negative because you know why? We're in Ireland. Mm -hmm. We were in Ireland. Who cares what the degrees are? 
The weather that day was supposed to be a high of 62. If you read our other blogs, um, I always put the weather in there just so you can kind of get an idea. If you read our blogs, I always put that in there. I just think it kind of sets the scene. Anyway, uh, highways. We didn't talk about the highways when we talked about our cars. So I made a little note that we decided to change one of the names of the highway. So one of the major thoroughways is the M Highway. And we decided to change that to Madhouse because it is a madhouse. Mm -hmm. Trying to drive those. And the reason I'm talking about that is because we had to take a few highways on our way to Cliffs of Mohar. That's where we were headed. Mm. So we had to take the back roads, some expressways, some freeways, and they all have different letters attached to them. So M is for the major highway, R's for the rural roads, and then there was N, and I can't remember. Obviously, that's for in between. No. Anyway, crazy, 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 crazy. The day's adventures were supposed to include Cliff of Mohar, and then we were going to a little town called Tormekity. And do you want to tell them about Tormekity? No. No? Nope. It's it's quaint. Right. But what what is it about Tormekity that, why why do we go? Yeah, it was a, a, a place that, Robert Shaw lived. Right. And who was... He was uh, Quint in the movie Jaws. Right, because some of our people might not know who Robert Shaw is. Yeah, he goes back. I mean, he's in some James Bond and other movies, so... Right. So, after Robert Shaw did his Jaws movie and his other movies and decided he wanted to settle down, he settled down in the town of Tormekity in Ireland. So, we decided we'd go. It is the smallest little... I don't even think they call it a town. I think they call it a village. village. Yep. Mm-hmm. He ended up living there, and he died there. Again, this is all after his Hollywood debut when he wanted to settle down. He died early at the age of 51 from a massive heart attack. So he loved, again with the so, he loved to play golf, and he had been playing golf at the local golf club there. They had one, which he frequented quite a bit. And as he was driving home one night is when he uh, had his massive heart attack. So there is a memorial rock, and they have it inscribed as a memory. And it is near the place that he died. And, of course, we stopped there and we took a picture. You would never, it took us forever to find it. You would never, ever know. It's in this little little side place off the road, a little piece of grass patch with a picnic table and a great big boulder. But the writing on the boulder does not face the road. It faces away from the road, but it sits way off the road. So took us a minute to find it. He did uh, frequent a tavern there, and I'm not going to remember the name of the tavern. Patties. Patties. Mm-hmm. And with a D, right? P-A-D-D. Yeah. yeah. Pan. Okay. Yeah. No, it's okay. Pam. We're going back step brothers. Pan. Pam. Pan. Pam. Pam. That's two ends, right? We're talking about step brothers, so we love that. 
Okay, back to back to our Ireland trip. The pub was really, really cool looking. We couldn't go in. They were only open. What was it? It was something crazy. Like only open on Sundays or something. Sunday, yeah. Yeah, only open on Sundays. But it had the thatched roof. And then the building was white. And then it had red shutters. So dark thatched roof, white building, red shutters. And then each window, it had several windows, had a flower box at it and had the flowers on it. Just so quaint. Exactly what you would think Ireland would be filled with is exactly what it was. I just so wish we could go inside. So there's stories about Robert Shaw actually uh, running the cash register. and Yeah, he helped out a lot. Yeah, he helped out and he served people, but it was his local hangout. So I wish we could have gone in there, but it, it wasn't meant to be. And then we... Uh, left Termekety because there really wasn't anything to see. And as we drove again, we have somewhat of an itinerary, but you know, you never know what you're going to find along the way. We happened upon a castle, and I'm going to mess it up. Uh, Bunratty, B U N R A T T Y Castle in Bunratty. So it's named after River. Rate. Again, I'm so horrible. I'm sorry. It's R-A-I-T-E. And that runs along uh, a strategic battlement that was there. This castle, um, it says, on which is the spot on which this castle stands has been occupied for over a thousand years. From the Vikings to the Normans, great Irish earls and noble lords and ladies. There you go. That's what it says. So we marveled at that for a while and did our little tour thing ourselves. It wasn't anything that you paid to get in. Just, you know, walked around. And after that, then it was on to the cliffs of Mohar. And boy, did they not disappoint. So these are the cliffs that you see in movies and pictures and paintings and When you see Ireland or hear of Ireland, I think this is one of the pictures that people, you know, they know that that's in Ireland. It's something that everybody knows. They are so majestic and overwhelming to say the least. You're up there. You're up very high overlooking the Irish Sea. The breeze is cool against your skin, but yet it's refreshing Oh, it's so wonderful. White waves crashing against all those jagged rocks. And did you know that Ireland's largest surfing wave is there? And it's called Eileen, named for a local surfer there. I had no idea. I learned that. Yep. So um, she is featured in a couple surf movies too. Sea Fever and Wave Riders. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, neither. Mm. Uh, the cliffs are also featured in Harry and Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, Ryan's Daughter, The Princess Bride, Macintosh Man, Into the West, Hear My Song, and Father Ted. So obviously it's been a backdrop for a lot of movies and it's picturesque. It's perfect. It's God couldn't have done any better. You, you can't make this stuff up. So the cliffs are a protected area. Um uh, 
It is home to Ireland's largest mainland seabird nesting colony. There are 20 species, including nine species of breeding seabirds and up to 30,000 breeding pairs. There are different kinds. So there's puffins. That's the main one. Guillemots, razorbills, fulmars, kitty hawks, coughs, if I'm saying that right. I'm probably totally messing it up. And a pair of peregrine falcons. Of course, we didn't. We saw the puffins flying around, but that's about it. So on the site of Cliffs of Mohar, there's also a tower, and that tower is called O'Brien's Tower, and that was built in 1835 by Cornelius O'Brien. The reason he built that was for visitors to be able to view the cliffs. Now, we did not get pictures of that, unfortunately, due to scaffolding that was surrounding it. They were doing repairs, so there wasn't even any sense of getting a picture because you would not have even been able to even get an idea of what it looked like, unfortunately. There are tons of walking trails that they have made along the ki- uh, along the cliffs there are some shops and the way that they did the shops is very cool because it's very obviously hilly and when you walk up before you get to the cliffs these shops are built into the side of like the mountain i i just don't even know how to describe it it's it's really it's really neat looking. Um, obviously, they have a restaurant and a visitor center. Now, what disappointed me more than anything is this natural wonder that God created. They obviously have taken it over and you have to pay to get in. Mm-hmm. I just find that I, I, that just perturbs me. I hate it. Like, how is somebody allowed to take nature and charge you to look at it? They're charging you to look at nature. How is that allowed? Exactly. Uh, That just, ooh, just pees me. So there's a huge parking lot, and you have to pay, get this, to look at nature, you're going to pay $8 or 8 euros per person. Not even per car, per person. Now, you could literally spend at least a whole day there by the time you walked all the trails that they have along the top. I, I, yeah. So you hear about these stories where people try to take these selfies and they're stepping over the edge and they're dying. We, I've heard a couple of those stories. So we didn't see anybody die, but we did see somebody trying to take a selfie, getting to the edge man. My, my heart was about ready to jump out of my chest seeing that guy getting so close to the edge. I just thought, what a moron. But it is at your own risk. So there's no fences, you know, no rails, no walls, no anything like that. But man, I just, I am in awe of of the Cliffs of Mohar. They are just majestic is the only word that I can think of. It's just amazing. It's beautiful. We did not spend the day there. We had, obviously, other things that we wanted to see. Um, Another place that we just happened to come upon was the Shrule Castle in Shrule County. And that's S-H-R-U-L-E. And again, they go by county. So Shrule County in Mayo, Ireland. That castle was built in 1238 by the de Berg family. 
And then it was passed on to John de Burgh in 1308 by his father, Richard, and I'm probably going to mess that up, something de Burgh. He was a second Earl of Ulster. So the castle was actually captured in 1570 by a strong force led by Sir Edward Fitton. He was the president of Connaught and vice treasurer of Ireland and consisting of Mac these are the people that fought McDonald's and knock I'm going to mess it up knock Nicali. Oh, gosh. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the rest. Anyway, the castle was, you know, bought or built, given to the sun, passed down, taken over. That's how that all happened over there to every castle. It's like they built it, passed it down. They got into a fight. Somebody took it over. Then they left. Then somebody else took it over. And on and on and on and on. Anyway, so that was that. Um, I wrote some other stuff about the battles and things like that. Um, the chief of the McDonald's of Nakakali, which I'm totally messing up, he was killed in 1570. And during the battle, Edward Fenton was unhorsed and severely wounded in the face. William Burke occupied the castle and then passed it to his son, John Burke, in 1574. And then in 1610, Richard Burke, fourth Earl of something I can't pronounce, leased the castle and land. So see, it just goes on and on and on and on and everything starts to blur together. I'm just like, look, it's a beautiful castle. Look at the masonry. Oh, it's awesome. Moving on. Next, we saw... Christ Church. Do you remember that? Christ Church. That was awesome. Church of Ireland Ruin. It was built somewhere in the late 1700s, at least from what we can find. There were a ton of graves. There were headstones that were missing, but it was awesome for photography, that like black and white photography yeah. and make a great horror storm or store. Story. I can't talk. The graveyard actually said it was still being used today. I did not get the name of that. Um, it may have been called Balavague Graveyard. And I don't know. But there are uh, Celtic crosses mm. that I think are so cool. Yeah, they were. They just look so neat. And there's different styles of them. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, our dog's dropping the ball. You can probably hear that. We needed a break. So after that, we stopped at this cool place called the Brewery Cup. And we had shots of espresso before moving on. And that was the place I thought was so funny because they had lumps of sugar. So do you remember the Bugs Bunny cartoon? One or two. Right. Do you remember that? Two, please. <laughs> That's all I kept thinking about was that damn Bugs Bunny cartoon. One or two. Oh, well, if you don't know that reference, you're missing out. And that means you're too young. Okay. So, again, with the so. So, we're driving along for a while, and it was time to dinner. It was time for dinner. And we picked... That's when we went to Finnegan's. So let's talk about Finnegan's. This is downtown, whatever town we were in. I can't remember. Uh, they have real Irish meals. This was a real Irish pub. 
that served every dish the uh, authentic. You got the Irish stew, mm-hmm. and I got the shepherd's pie, and we did that so we could split them. Right. Then we got an Irish cheesecake with ice cream, and we also got black forest cake with seat cream, sweet cream. Oh my god! Can we just talk about the food? <laughs> good portions too. Oh, they were yeah. huge, yeah. yeah, huge portions, and the price was good too. I didn't mark down the price that we paid, but I just remember that food. Yeah, oh my! Very nice. Warm makes you feel all warm and fuzzy inside. So I had the the shepherd's pie, and if you don't know what shepherd's pie is, you were never poor because <laughs> my mom made it. It it's mashed potatoes with a ground beef that has some gravy in it, and you put that over the mashed potatoes. Some people put cheese on it; they don't. And then you put it into the oven, and you bake that for a while, and then it's usually served with peas or like peas and corn, or peas and uh, carrots is what I meant. Yeah. And then the Irish stew. Just exactly what it is. It's, you know, beef with the carrots and tomatoes and celery and comes with a big thing of uh, a big biscuit or roll type thing. And it it was just so good. So good. Then we found a campground in Salt Hill and we decided to call call that home for a night. That one sits right on the Atlantic and that's where we decided to pitch a tent for the night and after that where did we go to next i think we went to that i think we went to well we stayed at salt hill and then i think the next day is when we stopped and we had tea at that place so let me look here so yeah we woke up at salt hill campgrounds the next day it was 48 with cold winds blowing off the atlantic and the high was supposed to be 57 the we changed the plans a little bit that that day due to time restraints because we weren't going to be able we knew at this time we were not going to be able to make it to the northern part of ireland and it's because of the way the roads are laid out it takes double or triple the time you think it should get take because of it being narrow and some one laden roads, some one and a half. I wouldn't even say it's two because you're not on the freeway the whole time. But um, with that said, our plan we made was to go straight across. So we were west, so we were going to go. We were going to go straight across to Dublin and then stop along the way at whatever looked interesting since we weren't going to be able to make it north. Before we left Salt Hill, though, that's where we stopped and we had the tea at another place called Caponte. And that was similar to the place that we stopped and had tea before. This place was absolutely right out of a fairy tale. They had all your grandmother's little doilies everywhere, and they had um, 
handmade, well, look, handmade tablecloths with the stitching and the dark wood tables with the dark chairs with the high backs and china everywhere because every table had a different table. Let me say that again. Every table was different. The chairs were all different and different sizes and of course different seating as to whether they had two chairs four chairs six chairs so they all had table, different tablecloths they were all set with china but it, they were all different in the window the picture window they had they would hang saucer or not saucers they would hang the teacups from a string at all different levels so all these teacups were hanging in the window and of course lace curtains. And then they had music playing in the background. That was, I don't know, from the 1930s, forties. Do you think? Yeah. Around the thirties. Thirties. Um, and so that just, you know, that tied it all together. The main, like where the cash, the main counter was the, old like from the 50s maybe even before that maybe from the 20s old wooden big counter that had the glass and they had all kinds of pastries that looked absolutely beautiful on these beautiful cake plates and had their doilies on it and hanging a little over the side and it just the the pastries looked fake they looked that good the smell was absolutely beautiful, scrumptious. It smelled like cake or candy. I just loved how to, how the whole thing just looked, even down to their napkins. Their napkins were printed with these little teacups and flowers. And then you had the cubed sugar, which was white or brown. And they had the little tiny tongs that you pick the cubes up with that had a piece of lace on the end of the tongue, I guess, so it wouldn't drop on the floor. And I don't know. It was just from a different world. I had this. So they hadn't, let me back up. They had how many kinds of teas could you choose from? It was like a six page book. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a full like dinner menu where, you know, it had like, but a, it was all teas. Quad fold. Yeah. It's all cheese. <laughs> Except for the little, I guess there was one page of cakes, right. you know, of the right. pastries. Mm -hmm. So I got the spicy chocolate kiss and you got Merlin's magic elixir. Mm -hmm. So mine was pretty good. They actually give you, I don't know that much about tea, but they come over and they set the silver thing down. And I'm like, what is that? Well, it's a timer. So when they give you your tea, they turn the timer and it's got three timers in it. The salt or the sand, I'm sorry, the sand timers. So they flip it over and you drink your tea at whatever time the timer's up for how strong you want it, if I'm saying that correctly. So you got like a mild, a moderate, and a strong. So whenever you see your sand run out for whatever time, however strong you want it, then that's when you would drink your tea. Your tea comes in this beautiful China type teacup, not teacup, um, what pot, teapot. <laughs> teapot and the little china teapot and then inside of it you open the lid and it's got 
this strainer for your tea bag and the tea bags in there. I, it was just the coolest thing. I had just never seen anything like it. I felt like I should have had white gloves, a hat and a dress and heels on like a dress, like a dress from, you know, mm-hmm. an umbrella. The, huh? And an umbrella. Yeah. Yes. And a pocketbook, not a purse, but a pocketbook. Like I should have been dressed like Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it was, it was really neat. So we had our tea and we, we left there and, um, where did we go then? Oh, we found, um, a place that's called a bridal path, bridal pathway. I never even heard of such a thing. So it's used for walking or for horseback and it's, it's made in a design type of thing. It's how people, I don't even know how long, I don't know. There were, there along this path, it, the path obviously was to get from one place to another. It was some sort of route and it led to the west of Ireland. I do know that. That's all that this said. So this bridal path, they found evidence of pre of a prehistoric race as well as some primitive ice houses where people would have stored meat. And there is also evidence of an of ancient burial mounds. There were one of two things it could have been used for, it said. One was for burials or two to obtain salt rocks per, for preservation of meat. So the rock had fallen over on top of this tomb. I'm probably totally messing it up how I'm describing it. And there was like some, not inscription, but there, remember that circle within a circle, like you take a line and you draw circle, 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 circle till it's into itself. Yeah, symbols. Yeah, the symbol, thank you. Cryptic symbols. Yes, yes. There were some cryptic symbols there. So that was really neat. So who knows what it was really used for. We walked along it for quite a while. It's very, very narrow. There's stone on one side. The other side is all just vegetation. I don't know. It was really neat. That, that was really cool. It, it was called, they called it something, Mihambi Dolmen. And some believe that a dolmen was a type of religious building that was related to ceremonial ritual rituals of birth and death. So that was one of the buildings that were there. And then the tomb that I was talking about is megalithic 3500 BC and the roof. That's what I was talking about. The roof had fallen. And so you could get the idea still because it's not gone. Just the roof had fallen. So it is located along that bridal path, but I don't know. It was neat. It was a good history find something. So those are the things that you don't find listed anywhere, but when you go to the actual site, they have stuff that tell you all about it, but it's not on any, you know, tourist attraction thing. So it's kind of nice just to find stuff. 
And then our drive after that, uh, we stopped again for coffee. We were into the coffee thing. This place was called Sadler's Pub, where we found a group of Irishmen, this time talking Gaelic. Remember, there were three of them there? Mm -hmm. And they had their, they looked like farmers, had their boots on and throwing back a few beers and talking Gaelic and I don't know. It was just neat. They were, they were older. They were probably in their eighties. It looked like, but this place had the, the true Irish charm. It had the dark wood. It was real wood. The bar was worn from, you know, people sitting there and the stools, they could all tell stories. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everything about that place just looked and smelled of older times and probably good times, you know, throw them back one with the friends. (laughs) All right. So after our coffee, we left there. Our drive led us to Chapel Farm in Lusk, where we found Church of Ireland. That one we didn't stop, but we did take some great pics. Um, um, I remember driving and from there and there as you're driving all of a sudden this big humongous tower made out of stone comes into view and it was in Hayestown is where it stands but we couldn't find any information on this tower and there was nothing listed anywhere but there's just something about driving down the road and all of a sudden you see this majestic stone tower come into view like i don't know it just gives you chills i don't know i i just can't even fathom it anyway we entered the town of what was called orland park and there pops up this majestic monastery it's called lusk round tower that was another one that was found in the late 5th century by St. McCollin, and it's also associated with St. Morris. The monastery that was uh, plundered and burned on several occasions during the Viking raids. So that was all dilapidated. Um, there were nine floors, including a basement. The floors, they said, were added in the 19th century. So obviously, you know, it burned and they rebuilt and the burned and they rebuilt just like everything. Um, there were numerous medieval tombs housed in the Belfry. We did not visit that, but we looked it up online. So that was just a neat place to see. Up next was the Irish Sea. And what a beautiful backdrop that was. That was in the town of Rob's Walls. And we just drove around and we picked up some really cool shells while we were there. Remember, we had to walk down the, mm-hmm. um, there was a little stair down to the path to like the beach. The beach was really rocky, but man, we picked up some good shells mm-hmm. and we researched that later. And then I had this thing. Every body of water that I go to, I have to touch it to say, I touched it. So I uh, I touched the Irish Sea. <laughs> I'm going to have to make a list of every body of water that I've touched. I may not have gone in it, but I still touched it. I think that still makes, I, I think that still counts. Um, 
I've touched the Atlantic a hundred times, but now I can add to my list the Celtic Sea and the Irish Sea. I don't know. Does anybody else have anything like that? I don't know. Well, that ended our day and we're winding down on our Irish adventure, or I should say Ireland adventure, because coming up is going to be Scotland. So stay tuned for that, Earthscapers. We've got some stuff coming up with that. We'll finish off our tour with our next uh, podcast of Ireland and finish up with that. So I guess that's it for this podcast. Say goodbye, Kevin. Bye, Kevin. (laughs) As we say, make memories, not excuses. (laughs) 